The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Welcome. Welcome to the show today. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. I am Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. And in each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living dynamic landscape of work, the physical work environment through visual devices through visual systems, how to install the language of our current understanding of operational excellence, even if we're not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we know we will be, we install that language through devices. We make that level concrete and specific through visual physical solutions. And as a result, we can literally see how we think. We can see our intelligence in action. And we can predict, in a certain manner of speaking, how that thinking will function because we have captured it physically. That's the visual workplace. That's what we mean by letting the workplace speak. And why do we bother? We bother for the incredible bottom line benefits in terms of improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs, whether we're in a hospital, a healthcare facility, a government office, an open pit mine, a factory, a utilities company, continuous process flow. It doesn't matter if it is a workplace. It can be a school. It can be a college. It can be an elementary school. It can be a dance hall, a place of work, if you're working there as a dancer. Mm -hmm. We do it for the incredible bottom line benefits. 15 to 30% increase in productivity, we always see 15%. It's because people don't really realize, companies don't realize how much visuality addresses the microscopic level if you want to call it the amoebic level, the bacterial level of the company, these microtransactions we call information. When they're addressed, we can do the dance of work. And we do it for the splendid cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce on every level, not just operators, although that is powerful but also the CEO, the plant manager in visual alignment with her own work, supervisors, engineers, office staff, docs, and nurses, 
and technicians. We do it for that. And we, in, we do it so that we enjoy ourselves at work. We actually look forward to going to work. As our great sensei Taiichi Ono says, people at Toyota, he was a co-architect of the Toyota production system, people at Toyota don't come to work to work, they come to think. They come to think. This organ that we have that is so underused, this ability we have to think, not just to think about the business case, but think about improving the business case. Hmm? That's the visual workplace, to do it visually, concretely, physically through visual devices, and that's what this show is about. And I'm really glad you're here. I'm really glad you're joining us. So welcome. And you know, this becomes a call-in show when you call in. Here's the number, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. And we're going to begin our show today, which will be a continuation. We're now in a series called The Hero Within. And today I'm going to be talking about the journey of the I, that individual who wants to become a hero at work and how that contributes to the corporate good. It will take us a couple of shows to unnest that journey, but we will build this so that your understanding is deep and implementable. We want you to have takeaways in this show so that you can do something after the show based on what you just learned or heard. So let me just go through a couple of announcements and then we'll begin our discussion, our conversation. And remember, this becomes a call-in show when you call in 866-472-5790. So we will announce the dates. We're going to be doing a training of trainers this summer in Work That Makes Sense. And we will announce those dates soon. We're kind of working them out now. It'll be in the USA. I will, I'm taking, kind of, taking the summer off for a special project and also to work on my book. And I plan to be in the UK and Ireland again in September or November. I'll be in Mexico in October near Mexico City. We'll get those details out to you soon as well. And I want to give you just a few nudges about getting visual or about getting more visual. I want to remind you that we have lots of free resources on the homepage of our website. And if you become a member, which is also free, you'll find more resources free in your free bin. So please take advantage of it. We're talking about our podcasts. We have well over 150 podcasts. We're in our fifth year. We have 70,000 listeners a month. The podcasts that are on our website are commercial free. They're grouped in bundles and kind of sensible topics so that you can download a whole topic and listen and learn. Listen and I hope enjoy. We also have our newsletter, which is free a new article every week, and we have a beautiful newsletter article page. Just click articles on our website, and you'll see an easy way to um, find the topic that you're interested in, and also with beautiful pictures. It's just a beautiful page that our tech manager, Horatio Fairburn, has turned into reality. We had it in our imagination, and now it works. It's fantastic. If you want to spend some money, I would suggest that you invest in the Work That Makes Sense training system or the make the mistake-proofing uh, course for engineers, also online, 
and both of them we feel are very, very reasonable. They both come with two free online coaching sessions with either myself for Work That Makes Sense or Martin Hinckley for a pokey oak mistake proofing so we can get you going, get you launched to answer your questions and make sure that the gate is opened. Please look at that. We think that they're very, very valuable and they represent our very best work. Uh, We are both experts in our field and uh, we think that we have something very important to offer companies if you see the need and if you want to improve in that particular area. The training of trainers, we offer it in both mistake proofing and work that makes sense and soon in visual leadership, there'll be more happening by the fall. And then I want to... draw your attention to our free video gallery. We keep investing new videos in there. We have one that is the ASQ uh, webinar that I did in December, which is an hour-long briefing. And I know you think you don't have time, but in fact, if you are interested in visuality, I would recommend this without hesitation. We're in the process of building a results module that we'll also put in the gallery so that those of you who need to evidence the powerful impact that visuality has on the bottom line. We'll have it all in a can there, all there. You just click the button and you have your uh, money people look at it and they'll say, oh my gosh, let's get started. Of course, we'll support you. So there's lots of things that are free. Please get my books. I have seven of them. I think four of them are available from our website and a couple of the others are being uh, kind of revised. So there's lots of ways to learn about visuality And uh, we hope that you take advantage. So, now, let's begin today. In this first part, in the first part of uh, the series, I should say, that we started last week, The Hero Within, we talked about that, about the hero within that part inside of each of us that wants to make a contribution, wants to give something of value from ourselves to our employer. The part of us that yearns to excel, to be excellent in our own eyes and also in the eyes of others. We talked about the importance of company managers recognizing that and supporting that for the benefit of the company but also for the benefit of the individual, the hero within. This is beginning a series so that that does not look to you like a kind of cartoon-like destination. Oh, the hero within at work, not in my company. How can that be done? In small steps, with a growing understanding, and with a growing understanding of how visuality can help and help mightily in that. And last week, I posed the open-ended question, What would it be like if every CEO, every manager, every supervisor committed to a single cultural outcome? And that would be of making every employee, everyone who reports to you, a hero in their own eyes. What would change as a result? What would have to change? How would that be done? How would that change you and how how would that change the people who report to you? Mm -hmm. And might that be one of the roads to a more powerful work culture for both improvement in your company and also for improved people, if I may even 
use those two words together and prove to people? Because work, work culture is the company's mirror on itself, on its identity. We see what we think of ourselves and we see what we think of others in and through the work culture that is your company. My definition of work culture, and then we'll have to slide into our first break. My definition of work culture goes like this. The culture in a company is a reflection of who I think I am and who I think you are. For good or bad, who I think I am and who I think you are. And our culture in this company becomes aligned, becomes, if you want to call it, world class. When I know that I am you. When I know that I am you. Because that also means you know that you are me. And we become aligned. We have created a state of parity, of equality, whatever our job description is. Hmm? So we're going to build on this hero within by looking at the journey of the eye. We'll begin that discussion as soon as we get back from this, our first break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. We are at The Visual Workplace in the second part of our show. Last week, I started a series 
that I titled The Hero Within, and this is the second show of that series. And in this second show, we're going to look at some of the mechanics that can make heroes of people at work, can make that a reality and a powerful part of the company's business case. And when I say business case, I mean not just the way it does business, but the way that it succeeds doing business. That's what I mean by the business case, the framework of thinking, of principles and practices, the mechanics of that business case. And that's what I mean by mechanics. I'm going to be walking you through the mechanics of visual thinking, as it were. And what I mean by that is the principles and practices of visual thinking. With principles, principles tend to stand by themselves very nicely, very strongly, but they also can be combined with other principles as long as those principles are on the same level of order. Okay? I probably shouldn't have introduced that idea because I'm not quite prepared to explain it clearly, but I will make a note and explain it next week to understand that the order has to be on the same level for these principles to interact kind of equally. All right, so let's begin what I get with what I can do. <laughs> so I'm going to begin at a starting point that I've mentioned a number of times over the last five years on my show. If you're new, I'm going to explain it well enough for you to get it right now. And if you're a veteran listener, then this will hopefully build your understanding. And the starting point is going to be what I call the, the two questions. The two questions that drive a visual workplace, that drive workplace visuality, which I use those two terms interchangeably, the visual workplace, workplace visuality. And those two questions are, what do I need to know? That's question number one. And question number two is, what do I need to share? These two questions drive visuality and I'm going to unnest them for you in a moment. But I want to say to you very clearly, while you will find and I will give you ways to apply these questions, they are not the same as a methodology, a step-by-step procedure that helps you actually convert an area from zero to high-functioning visuality. But they are, in a sense, questions of principles, What do I need to know and what do I need to share? And therefore, very, very powerful. And as I unnest these, please also bear in mind that when I say these two questions drive visuality, I mean for everyone, no exceptions. The same two questions drive visuality for operators and for the CEO, for supervisors and also for your marketing department for engineers and for office staff, for docs and for technicians, for everyone, no exemptions. The only thing that changes is the applications that result, the visual solutions that result from the application of what do I need to know and what do I need to share, the visual solutions themselves, but the mechanics are identical. So let's look at each of these questions, and then I will be talking about, as we talk about them, how 
they are used to create an evolution, if you will, a journey. What I call the journey of the I or the journey of the individual as the visual workplace is uh, launched and then in process and then achieved. This process of becoming more visual changes us. And one of the reasons it changes us is, first of all, it's a language. You've heard me say that many, many times. And the kind of language that we use and the depth at which we use any language has an impact on our external abilities and our internal state. Of course. Of course. So as we're learning a language and it evolves, we evolve with it. We actually become more adept, more skilled, more connected, more aligned. And that's part of the journey of the I. So the first question is, I'm going to say it pretty carefully here, the first question that drives, what do I need to know? When you expand it, it's saying, what do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work? What do I need to know? In other words, it is saying, what answers are missing from my work and in my work that keep me from doing my work? What are the deficits of information, the missing answers that create struggle for me and keep me from contributing? And within our theme, keep me from being a hero at work and said I'm a struggler. And you know what? Many days I feel like a failure, just the opposite of a hero. I feel like a dork. I feel like a schlump. I feel like, you know, I'm embarrassed by my contribution. It it isn't good enough. I can do better. But I keep tripping over this missing information. Keeps niggling at my ankles. Tiny, tiny little missing bits. I struggle. And let me put some hands and feet on struggle so you know what I mean by struggle. It's something so ordinary that we often miss that it's there and that it's actually keeping us from doing a good job. This pale little list of activities of busyness, which we call by something very important, motion Motion, moving without working, one of the seven deadly ways. But I'm using it slightly differently than Ono did. Ono used it because he saw the machine working and he saw the man watching the machine work. He said, motion, you know, people are moving, but they're not working. The machine is working. And this irritated him. And he said, there's an opportunity here and I need to get to the bottom of it. Let me find each time there's movement without working and get to the bottom of it. That's the way he used it. It became one of his seven deadly ways. Of course, that came to us, and we've used it. The whole world has used that very, very powerfully. And I adopted motion as the key metric, the lever point in visuality to help us get more visual, to find our motion moving without working. And this is what it sounds like. Here's its footprint. The, the footprint of missing information is motion and examples are searching, wandering, wondering, looking for, counting, counting again, making mistakes, rework, 
the list goes on and on and on. It's so interesting because information deficits are the enemy and motion is their footprint. Information deficits are the real horror, but here's the thing about them. They are entirely invisible. We're talking about missing answers. You can't see missing answers. They are literally not there. So we must look for a way to find them through their symptom, their footprint, their trace, and that is motion moving without working, the activities I named a moment ago. And to the activities that I named a moment ago, the searching, the wandering, the wondering, the looking for, counting, counting again, making mistakes, rework, I add my gang of four. This is what I call them, the gang of four. Uh, I just love the ring of that. Some of you know where that came from. The gang of four. (laughs) Poor dears. And here they are. Asking questions, that's number one. Answering questions, that's number two. Interrupting or being interrupted. Interrupting to ask a question, being interrupted to answer a question, that's number three. And number four is waiting for information, the gang of four. Waiting for information, simply stopping because I can't move ahead without this missing information. Just stock still waiting, the gang of four. And when I ask myself, what do I need to know? I am taking a mighty step towards independence. And with that independence, control. Glorious control over my corner of the world. This is what we're looking for. And I will tell you why that control is important in a moment. But I want you to know that when I ask myself, what do I need to know? One of the impacts, one of the results, the outcomes will be I get control or a little bit more control. So here are the steps You find yourself struggling during the day, during the course of your work day. And you find yourself in motion, moving without working, doing those things of searching, wandering, wondering. And by the way, I want to introduce a third term right now. The opposite of motion, moving without working, is work. Our definition of work is moving and adding value. If you will, moving and converting. Converting the material, converting the report, serving the patient. And now I'm going to introduce a fourth term of art. And that fourth term is the value field. We work when and only when we are in our value field. When we are not in our value, which is a physical location, by the way, when we are not in our value field, we are in motion automatically. If you are not in the place where you add value, and it's a very precise place, you are automatically in motion. I'll pick this up after our next break. I'll be here when you get back. 
Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, this is the third segment of our show today here at the Visual Workplace, and I'm your host, Gwendolyn Galsworth. I've been doing this work now for 35, 36 years. It is the glory of my life. I'm very, very grateful for it. I'm really grateful you're listening. If you weren't listening, I wouldn't be able to do my work and to learn more Every time I talk to you, I learn something new because I'm trying to cull my thoughts and refine my thoughts and be not just coherent but useful. And I have to find new ways of expressing that which I thought I knew. So I'm really, really grateful that you have been such loyal listeners. And if you're a newcomer, welcome. (laughs) I'm walking through things that uh, many, many listeners have heard before, but hopefully pulling it together. I want to do a very thorough job this time in pulling all the pieces together so you get it more completely. And just before the break, we were talking about the difference. We were talking about the the need to know and the important way that it helps us find the information deficits that are literally invisible because they're missing information and the motion that it triggers. Motion is the symptom. And we were talking about our definition of what is the opposite of motion. The opposite of motion is work. Work is moving and adding value. And a, th- a fourth term that I uh, identified was the value field. 
value field is where we work, where we add value. It is a specific location. And here's something you can do right now. If you're working with a group, do it with a group. Name your value field. Name your primary value field where you actually do the work and name those secondary value fields that support the work. I will tell you, between you and me, if you want the finest letter of the law, when you are in your supporting value fields, you are still in a level of motion. You may not be able to get rid of it. It may be part and parcel of your work, but you want to streamline it. For example, a surgeon. A surgeon has a primary value field, and that is the patient that is on the operating table in the OR. And still, the, pa- the, the surgeon has to look at the x-rays in a supporting value field, has to make sure all of the instruments are in order and ready, even though he has, she has a staff to do it. The surgeon is going to check. Surgeon's going to spend time with the family. But the main value field is the patient when that patient is on the table, opened up, if I can use that without offending you. The patient will have to wash his or her hands very carefully so that sink and that soap is part of their secondary value field. If we can keep an eye on the primary value field, then we can begin to isolate motion much more carefully. I'll do a whole show on motion as part of this series, but I want to set you up with the language. So when you're, when you're not in your value field, when you leave your value field, you're automatically in motion. Okay? There is something that is pulling you away. So here we are applying the principle of and the mechanics of what do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work, we are actually feeling the impact of a missing answer. Something is missing. Some information is missing from our work environment. For example, you may be struggling to find a very special pair of pliers, needle nose, orange handle. You look for it, but you find nothing. You cannot answer the question there. There, that's where it is. You instead ask the question, where? Where is it? You're looking for the answer to that question. Where are my needle nose pliers with the orange handles? And you see yourself in motion. You notice your motion. And you know it was triggered by that missing answer. Even though the answer is invisible, it's your feet that are moving. It's your hands that are reaching. And it's your mouth that has opened to ask your colleague, hey, have you seen my pliers? Hmm? And when you find them, what you will do is decide where you want to find them the next time you need them. You will identify an exact physical spot and you will put a border and a home address on it to say, Gwenny's needle nose plier, orange handle, You've created a visual solution, a visual answer. And you may say, oh my gosh, it's so pathetic. It's just a border and an address. And you may be calling those lines and labels, but I prefer to call them borders and addresses because borders and addresses function and lines and labels don't. They're simply an arithmetic condition. (laughs) 
but you have embedded the answer to your question into the living landscape of work. The answer resides there. It has a physical home in a physical universe, your work area. So all that may seem so humdrum and plain, but it isn't. And that is the point of today's show, The Journey of the Eye, within the series of The Hero Within. In workplace visuality, we appear to undertake very ordinary, very plain actions, putting a border and an address around a pair of pliers, whoopee. But the impact is mighty, and this is the part I want you to get. The impact is mighty for this if tiny in terms of its multiples of what happens when you multiply that border, that address, that visual solution. What happens when you do is you get an impact on the outside. Motion is reduced within your work area and you get more work done. You get the work done that you're supposed to. It's on time and at the set cost. Multiply that by hundreds, no, by thousands of devices, and you have a powerful, tangible, measurable impact on the company's business case. The multiples are what drive the business case. Not just eight or nine visual solutions in your work area, but hundreds, and across the company, thousands. They are uncountable. So there's an impact on the outside, but there's also a a parallel impact inside of us, on the inside, especially when the visual solutions are in multiples, in depth. But you can feel it with the first border and address around your pliers with the orange handle, your needle nose. What happens is a tiny bit of stress has been removed from you on the inside. You can call this your psyche, your brain, your nervous system. What happens is the stress is lifted a little bit. And you know what happens in the margin that is released by that stress? We grow. We come up. We grow. A natural state for us humans. When we liberate information, even beginning so modestly as a border and address around our pliers and then around our material, and then around our gauges and fixtures. When we liberate information in the form of visual devices and systems, we liberate the human will. We liberate our will. Another way to say that is we get connected on the inside. We begin to enter an internal landscape, the landscape of our lives on the inside, which is us. We get to know it. It becomes accessible. It becomes a place where we can grow and change and become more complete human beings. In the application of the first driving question, which is, what do I need to know that I don't know in order to do my work? And in the completion of that, where we answer that question in the form of a visual device, we actively, proactively reduce the struggle in our day and get this marvelous outcome in return. We gain control. Of our corner of the world, we gain control, a little bit of control now, more control tomorrow. And in that control, in that margin of control, we are also provided the margin for growing. Because we can grow. The embedded human condition is always in favor of growth. That is our bias. 
This is the way we're made. We are bent to grow. But the struggles in our day keep us under pressure, and that pressure keeps us small. It is the opposite of growth. What would it be like, and this is the question I posited last week, what would it be like if I, if we went to work, and work was a place where we grew, where we became more ourselves, more complete, more aligned, and that includes the higher values of more connected, more compassionate, more seeing, more skilled. What would happen if we grew at work because of work? Because that's the revolution that's underway right now. That is what is happening. And even though it may not be explained in this way, it's explained in other ways. This is the way I see it. And I see visuality as the way to lift the weight of the micro-struggles that we have every day. Let me go on about that for a little bit. The pressure, the kind of pressure that we feel that keeps us small is usually from small things. They're not from big things. When we feel high pressure, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, something explodes, something changes, something responds. Challenges, especially huge ones, feed the, feed the growth in us. I mean, look at Helen Keller. Believe me, she wasn't concerned about the condition of her hair when she woke up in the morning or nor did she focus on, boy, how can I get better cheekbones or, or better shoes or anything cosmetic. Her challenges were deep and within and they were huge mountains to climb and she climbed them fiercely. And she changed everything about herself because she had to. Otherwise, she was going to stay, if you know her story, an animal. She was like an animal before she began to change. And, of course, she had a great guide, that lady who came to help her. Sorry, her name escapes me now. Just is gone. And Helen became an inspiration to the rest of us, Helen Keller. Iconic, heroic. Her need to grow was so great that it changed her entirely, transformation of the first order. But the struggle I'm talking about, the one in the workplace, is niggly. It grinds us down. It is so small. It is corrosive. It weakens us like a frog in warming water that doesn't notice that the water is coming to a boil because it keeps making these tiny internal and external adjustments to the heat until the frog is cooked. It's sort of like that when we're at work with these information deficits and little tiny little bits are missing and we get eaten to death by tiny, tiny bites. And with the first driving question, we get our arms around the first growling face of the enemy, our need to know. The information deficits that we need answered. This is a principle. So we'll finish this up 
going into our final break when, um, when we come back. I'll see you in a moment. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, it's Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm your host at this, our weekly radio show on Letting the Workplace Speak, The Visual Workplace. Welcome. We're in our final segment. And today we are continuing our conversation of the hero within and looking at the mechanics of how to make that happen. And we are looking first at the two driving questions of workplace visuality. What do I need to know? What do I need to share? Just before the break, I was saying how we are not challenged by the struggles of our day. They are not the kinds of challenges that inspire us to change. They erode our believability. They erode our belief in the company and in ourselves. They're microscopic. And from that point of view, they're very destructive. Even though we may not notice them, they are still there, niggling at our heels. They must be stopped. They must be stopped. But I want you to notice the question itself, what do I need to know, does not say what do we need to know. We'll pick this up a little bit more next week when we do the second question. If it did say what do we need to know, we would be meeting in a team and we would be deciding what we needed to know together. And believe me, my need to know where my pliers are 
will would probably encounter this kind of a response. You don't know where your pliers are, Gwen? What do you mean you don't know where your pliers are? Well, that's probably why you can't get your work done. You're always complaining to us about how you're always behind if you don't know where your pliers are. I mean, you've got to be responsible for your tools. And then after about a, one more sentence, I say, never mind. I withdraw my need to know. I don't need to know it. It's okay. Let's go on. And I say to myself, I shall never do that again, ever. And that's what happens when we really look closely at what's stopping us in our day and we need to seek agreement from others. There's no need for agreement. I know what's stopping my day. I can't find my needle nose pliers. It's like somebody steals them every night or misplaces them or whatever. And if it were to say, what do we need to know, we would just reduce everything into vanilla, into some commonly accepted, uh, some ordinary border and address around something, lines and labels, 5S. No, it's not like that. We need to have the courage of seeing deeply into our work. And it is eye-centered. The question is purposely, intentionally, and decidedly eye-based because the methodology which we will engage in is eye-driven. It is not at the beginning. Visuality is not a team-based process. It is an eye-based process. This is the way I work with companies. This is the way I've been doing it for 30 years. And this is the basis for their success. And this is why visuality is such a powerful cultural dose realignment. The power of the eye, the liberation of information is the liberation of the human will and that will is powerful and that will is you as it is me. Visuality at the beginning is not a team-based process, though it creates powerful teams. We'll pick this up next week as well. Powerful teams made up of individuals and the power inside of each of us, the individuality of the eye. The owner, the maker of the first question is you, unfettered. And on your own, you are free. In fact, mandated free <laughs> to seek out answers missing from your workday and replace them with visual solutions, answers, gaining control of your corner of the world. And there is nothing that puts us in a more powerful position than this sense of control. And if you find this discussion suspiciously self-serving with all those I, 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 I's, make sure to tune in next week where I will open the team side of the two questions when I talk about what do I need to share. So I want to close. So I want to um, close today's discussion with the reading of a wonderful poem by... Rainier Maria Rilke, a translation by a great poet himself, Robert Bly, talking about larger things. And it's called This Man Watching. Maybe it was just somebody muttering and uh, it wasn't a notification of a break. If so, we'll wrap this up. So here's the poem. Rilke was this German poet who had a particular perspective wrought from a childhood that was very, very, very difficult. But he was an artist at heart, 
and uh, even though his childhood was difficult, he grew into a great, one of the world's great poets, I think, even in translation. And this is what he writes, translated by Bly. I can tell by the way the trees beat after so many dull days on my worried window panes that a storm is coming. And I hear the far-off field say things I can't bear without a friend. The storm, the shifter of shapes, drives on across the woods and across time, and the world looks as if it had no age. The landscape, like a line in the psalm book, is seriousness and weight and eternity. What we choose to fight is so tiny. What fights with us is so great. If only we would let ourselves be dominated as things do by some immense storm, we would become strong and not need names. When we win, it's with small things. And the triumph itself makes us small. What is extraordinary and eternal does not want to be bent by us. I mean the angel who appeared to the wrestlers of the Old Testament When the wrestler's sinews grew long like metal strings, he felt them under his fingers like chords of deep music. The angel. The angel felt them under his fingers like chords of deep music. Whoever was beaten by this angel, who often simply declined the fight, went away proud and strengthened and greater from that harsh hand that needed him as if to change his shape, needed him in the sense of a bread, that's my comment, that needed him as if to change his shape. Winning does not tempt that man. This is how he grows, by being defeated decisively by constantly greater beings. This is how he grows, by being defeated decisively by constantly greater beings. Oh, wonderful. And this was Helen Keller. She was engaged in a life and death struggle. And what I'm saying is the minute, microscopic struggle that we find from information deficits, missing information in the workplace, is corrosive to our spirit. It doesn't help us grow. These are niggly, tiny little things that eat away at us eat away of, at our own belief in ourselves and our company. So, visuality. Let the workplace speak. We'll continue this discussion next week. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm signing off. Let the workplace speak. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galesworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 